0: We're working our way through Mark's Gospel and we have heard about Jesus Christ and his teaching in the temple courts in Jerusalem. He's made his way up to Jerusalem from Galilee and he has been uh, repeatedly attempted to be trapped by the religious authorities. And we've seen that Jesus creamed them every time, he aced it every time, And what we do see now is that Jesus goes on to the front foot in terms of his actual attack. You're familiar with that expression. We can be on the back foot and then we can be on the front foot. Well, what we see here is Jesus actually serving up a few things directed towards, in this case, the actual scribes, which is very serious stuff. I want to read the passage. It's from Mark chapter 12, verse 38 to 44. As he, that is Jesus, taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers these men will be punished most severely jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury many rich people threw in large amounts but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents calling his disciples to him jesus said truly i tell you This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on." Well, that is an incredible picture, isn't it, of not only how terrible the scribes were, but also this wonderful picture of devotion. By this particular widow putting in these two very small copper coins what I want to do with us this afternoon is just to take us through that passage um, uh, not in great deal detail but uh, also relatively quickly and then I just want to make three points which I think are helpful for us so let's go back to the situation Jesus is in the court of the Gentiles, we understand it is in the temple precincts in Jerusalem. And what we're told is, that he says watch out in verse 38 for the teachers of the law or for the scribes in other words watch out that is a command in the original language so Jesus is being very very strong at that point he is speaking to the public it would have been made up I presume by religious identities but also just the public generally in the court of the Gentiles it becomes a little bit more personal as we go on and he speaks to the disciples which I'll show you they these teachers of the law like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplace now i think it's very helpful just to note in that sentence they like to do that there is a difference between liking to do that uh, and just doing that Um, these people were preoccupied with that they were Uh, focused upon that that was something that was incredibly meaningful for them now I don't think that that means that if people wear religious robes that they should completely dislike that and only have to do it against their actual will I don't think that's what's being said I think that people can even like it in part but what we see here is that they they've got it all wrong they've missed the point and in fact actually there's a deeper heart problem going on which we'll have a look at So they liked to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplace. Now, these flowing robes, they may have been religious robes, but they also might have been robes that people of eminence might have worn in in that society. So it had, in some ways, could have had nothing to do with religion. But they liked wearing these particular robes. They liked to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. So they were treated respectfully um I, I remember when i was at school and the headmaster would come in or if you had a, headmist- a headmistress or a principal i don't know what it was like for you but we had to stand up and uh and we had to of course be very well behaved now that was the order of the day for these scribes all these teachers of the law they would go down in the marketplace and people would stop and greet them the only people who were exempt were people who were involved in sort of quite serious labor um, but everyone else actually uh, was very deferential towards these teachers of the law. Again, they liked that. We also know that they were people who liked having the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses in verse 40, which means effectively, literally, they ate up the widows' houses. Now, that could have literally been the case, in that they could have sponged off their hospitality. Uh, to the extent that it was causing them to be diminished in their means. But we're not quite sure what that actually meant because it could have also meant that they mismanaged the estates of these widows uh, to their advantage, coincidentally. Um, There could have been all sorts of negligence that did take place that led to effectively their houses being devoured. They made a show through lengthy prayers That's quite interesting. I've always read this passage and thought, oh, don't pray too long up the front of church. You know, that's the take home message. Um, Well, it may have meant that in the context of the synagogue, but it could also have meant that they um, were praying lengthy prayers in response to receiving a donation. So they might go and visit a widow and then she would give them a donation. And then, of course, what would be the Quid pro quo, or the other part of that transaction, they would say a prayer for them and a a lengthy prayer. And so, you know, really what was going on was a transaction that was commercial. This, of course, was a practice that continued even into the medieval church. So there are some things here that we're seeing, but there's also some questions that we, we just don't know the answers to. And perhaps there are some particular angles here that we haven't considered. What Jesus, though, is saying, regardless of whatever confusion there is here, in verse 40 of the second sentence, these men will be punished most severely. And that would come as no surprise from what we see in scripture. Uh, And in some ways that is pleasing to me to see that this sort of activity will not be got away with. There will one day be a day of justice. But then we see a change of scene And we go into what is called the court of the women. It's a little bit closer into the holy place or the most holy place. We're working our way in. And there was the treasury. Verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. These copper coins were the lowest denomination that was available in that currency. And she put two of them actually in. She didn't put just one, she put two of them, which is just this marvellous act of devotion. Jesus then calls his disciples, and this is where it becomes more focused, a closed group. Verse 43, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. Wonderful. A great contrast between the religious establishments, the scribes who were part of that, and this wonderful act of of devotion we certainly see. I want to make uh, three particular points, which I think are helpful from this particular passage. The first is this, the religious establishment brought death. Secondly, their problem was that they honored themselves, not God. And thirdly, Jesus brought life. And we'll look at each of those in turn. So first of all, the est- religious establishment brought death. So the religious establishment, were the religious leaders, and I've referred to them consistently as being the big three, It consisted of the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes, or the teachers of the law. Okay, Now, the religious establishment is continually criticised by Jesus for not doing what it should have been doing. What should it have been doing? It certainly should have been looking after that widow. She should never have been in a state of poverty. God is concerned for the widow, as we've seen in passages already in the service today, and They should have been concerned for the widow, but they had committed very gross negligence. Consequently, this woman was effectively facing death. It says there in verse 44 that she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. Well, if she's put in all she had to live on, what did she have left? Nothing. She was effectively consigned to economic ruin. And in those days, without any social security, she was effectively facing physical death. Who was responsible? The religious establishment in failing to do what they should have done. So we see this point. The religious establishment brought death. And that's not just in that particular case. It would have been in other situations. But we see that as a more general principle that actually it's not bringing the life that it should to the people of God it was in fact bringing death their problem was our second point was that they honored themselves not God this is the heart of the matter this is why things were actually going wrong they were walking around, liking walking around in flowing robes and loving these greetings and the best seats and devouring widows' houses and so forth. What was going on in their hearts? Well, at the center of their concern was not honor of God, but it was honor for themselves. They were concerned for their social presence, their social prominence. They weren't concerned for the things of God they weren't honoring God God wants us to honor him in the book of Romans in chapter 1 verse 21 we read of the Apostle Paul describing those who did not weren't in relationship with God like this he says that although they knew God they did not honor God or give thanks to God in their thinking they became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened god is wanting us to honor him in the center of our being he wants us to glorify him in other words it's a very very difficult thing to do it's not what we by human nature want to do we naturally want to honor ourselves and that is what they had free reign and were doing and consequently it was leading to Effectively, death. Their problem was that they honoured themselves and not God. Religious leaders, they can do that still to this day. They can be concerned not about honouring God, but about honouring themselves. But it's not just religious leaders that are a concern. You and me, we are people who can fail abysmally at this. We can be people who are more concerned about honouring ourselves than God. So the religious establishment brought death. Their problem was that they honoured themselves, not God. But the great news of the gospel is our third point in that Jesus has brought life. So the religious establishment, they brought death. But Jesus, we know from Mark's gospel and the whole of the Bible, actually is someone who brings life. Verse 44 is just such a helpful verse just to keep coming back to. This woman put, she she put in everything, all she had to live on. She was effectively giving her life in devotion to God. Who would give his life in devotion to God not long after this particular chapter? Jesus Christ himself. He would give his life in devotion to God. So that we would have life. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says that we are cut off from God because of our sin. Cut off. We are not in relationship. We are dead. We are out of relationship with him because of our sin. But we know that that sin has been washed away with, atoned for, dealt with through Jesus Christ dying upon the cross. Because it's been washed away, we now have relationship with the source of life, who is God. And so therefore, we have spiritual life. Jesus came into this world and he said in John chapter 10, verse 10, that I have come to bring life and life to the full. That's what he is about. A very great contrast to the religious establishment. They weren't doing what they should have been doing. But we have such wonderful news in that there is jesus who brings life he brings spiritual life he brings life in every aspect and if you and i sense guilt for not having honored god as we should throughout the course of our lives then this is good news because what does jesus come to deal to do to deal with this sin he has died on that cross so that sin is all washed away. So, when we repent and believe, we can be assured that we have this spiritual life now and for eternity. The more we realize what he has done on that cross, the more we will honor God. So, we have seen that the religious establishment has brought death. We have seen that their problem was that they honoured themselves, not God. And we have seen that Jesus has brought life. The final thing I want to do with you today, just to conclude, is to take you back to verse 38. Jesus said there, watch out for the teachers of the law. Watch out. That is a command. It is strong language. He is saying, don't have anything to do with them. Do not side with them. If you side with them, you will meet the same outcome. And they—that that is one of punishment that is most severe. Jesus has come into the world and he is offering alternate leadership. And he is saying, side with me. Make sure that I am your leader. Make sure that I am your Lord and make sure that I am your Saviour. Well, let us pray that this would be all realised by us. Our Father in heaven, it's such a deplorable situation that we read of, but perhaps it's not very far removed from our own hearts. We are sorry, Father, that we do not honour you as we ought. We pray. Father, that we would know this forgiveness that you extend to us through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has come into the world as savior. Please enable us to be people who know that we are not separated from you, that we are not cut off from you. Please enable us to realize true spiritual life in all of its fullness. You long to give it to us. We pray, Father, that there would be nothing that separates us from you. Father in heaven, we also pray for the many lost who are dead people walking. We pray, Father, that you would have mercy upon them and that they would be people who come to know you and to love you, to serve you and to be people who have spiritual life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.